Hey everybody, it's Dan Dan here, and we are going to dive into a big book study. Today, we are at the very beginning of a chapter called Two Employers. It begins on page 136 in your big book, and it's a really interesting chapter. Um, I'm not sure exactly how it came about, but the history behind this chapter is a gentleman named Hank P. or Hank Hankhurst who was uh, one of the original AA members up in New York, along with Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob, he put this chapter together. And he was a very successful businessman. And he wanted to influence the big book in a lot of ways, not the least of which is the idea that God not even be in the big book, that that be something of discovery later. So Hank is mentioned in the doctor's opinion on page 24 or 29, I'm sorry. It's the Roman numerals for all you Romans. And that's where Dr. Silkworth describes him as a case of pathological mental deterioration. But Dr. Silkworth added later that he adopted the plan outlined in this book. And the doctor admitted he hardly recognized Hank. So that guy that showed back up after a year and he had no idea who he was, this is the guy. And, and what he did is he put this chapter together to address how employers might approach the alcoholic employee. It's important to remember at the time, there was no AA, anything like we know it today, nothing remotely like it. There weren't meetings you know, around the market I'm in, something, thousand meetings a day, uh, something about 20 hours out of the day, you're within an hour of an AA meeting starting. So you're within an hour's drive of an AA meeting that's about to start at just about any moment during the day. They didn't have any such luxury. And employers had no idea about the disease concept or some of these ideas that we've gone over here in the big book so far. So this is written to employers. There's a second audience in this that I hope to address today, and this will be the theme that we take from it. Sponsorship. We're in AA, right? Everybody listening to this is probably a recovered alcoholic or someone on the process of the steps. And we see this maybe a little differently. There's a lot of good techniques in dealing with sponsees or prospects that you're dealing with that are in addition to the working with others chapter and in addition to the things we learn in To Wives and the Family Afterward. They're a little more direct and they're a little more harsh. They work. That's the critical point. So two employers, page 136. Here we go. Among many employers nowadays, we think of one member who has spent much of his life in the world of big business. That would be Hank P. He has hired and fired hundreds of men. He knows the alcoholic as the employer sees him. His present views ought to prove exceptionally useful to businessmen everywhere. But let him tell you. So that first part was probably Bill Wilson. I was at one time assistant manager of a corporation department employing 6,600 men. One day my secretary came in saying Mr. B insisted on speaking with me. I told her to say that I was not interested. I had warned him several times that he had but one more chance. So several one more chances. Who's had that? Not long afterward, he had called me from Hartford on two successive days, so drunk he could hardly speak. I told him he was through, finally and forever. My secretary returned to say that it was not Mr. B on the phone, 
It was Mr. B's brother, and he wished to give me a message. I still expected a plea for clemency, but these words came through the receiver. I just wanted to tell you Paul jumped from a hotel window in Hartford last Saturday. He left us a note saying you were the best boss he ever had and that you were not to blame in any way. So think about that. A lot of us that sponsor guys have had this call or something like it. A lot of us. I know I have. I have on more than one occasion. So it's very distressing. Did I do enough? You can imagine Hank's moment right then. Is it because I fired him? And what, what, what was it? So he goes on, another time as I opened a letter which lay on my desk, a newspaper clipping fell out. It was the obituary of one of the best salesmen I ever had. After two weeks of drinking, he had placed his toe on the trigger of a loaded shotgun. The barrel was in his mouth. I had discharged him for drinking six weeks before. There we are again. Suicide in AA is a common thing. It's really really sad. The fact is that we stand at a turning point, and if we don't go after God, we may go after suicide. It's a deadly disease. It's so important for us to think about that as sponsors. As we lay the law down, as we give our sponsees a a set of things that we want them to do, as we insist that they behave or perform in a certain way, it's also important to remember that they're very sick people and they may need help well outside of the structure of AA. So it goes on again. Here's another experience, still another experience. A woman's voice came faintly over long distance from Virginia. She wanted to know if her husband's company insurance was still in force. And I'm sure you can imagine why, right? Four days before he had hanged himself in his woodshed. I had been obliged to discharge him for drinking, though he was brilliant, alert, and one of the best organizers I have ever known. Wow. This is what we are up against, a deadly illness. So when we're dealing with our people, if you're dealing with them as an employer, it's vital for us to recall the fact of our turning point, of the times we thought of suicide. Obviously, most of us didn't do it, or we tried and failed. In any case, it is a heavy and serious issue. So he goes on to describe him a little bit. Here were three exceptional men lost to this world because I did not understand alcoholism as I do now. What irony. I became an alcoholic myself. And but for the intervention of an understanding person, sponsors, I might have followed in their footsteps. My downfall cost the business community unknown thousands of dollars, for it takes real money to train a man for an executive position. This kind of waste goes on unabated, means continued full blast, unabated. We think the business fabric is shot through with a situation which might be helped by better understanding all around. Nearly every modern employer feels a moral responsibility for the well-being of his help, and he tries to meet these responsibilities. Today, we call those like EAPs, right? Employee Assistance Programs or Health Insurance. That he has not always done so for the alcoholic is easily understood. To him, the alcoholic has often seemed a fool at the first magnitude. A fool of the first magnitude. Hmm, a fool 
Because that's how we look to the world. We think we're so brilliant, so creative, and so clever. We think we're getting away with stuff. But to our bosses, to our employers, we look like a fool because we do not keep the commitments that they ask us to keep. And we are unable to take advantage of opportunities that are laid at our feet. Because of the employee's special ability, hmm, special abilities, talking about alcoholics here, or of his own strong personal attachment to him, the employer has sometimes kept such a man at work long beyond a reasonable period. Some employers have tried every known remedy. In only a few instances has there been a lack of patience and tolerance. And we, who have imposed on the best of employers, can scarcely blame them if they have been short with us. Remember, our problems are basically of our own making. We're reminded of that throughout the book up to this point. We go on. Here, for instance, is a typical example. So we're going to get this idea of what he's talking about. An officer of one of the largest banking institutions in America knows I no longer drink. One day he told me about an executive of the same bank who, from his description, was undoubtedly an alcoholic. So we're going to run into this a few times. And for those of you who are like, hey, I can't say if someone else is an alcoholic or not. Well, you're going to run into trouble here in this chapter. Not only are you to say they're an alcoholic, but describe to them why you think so. So he's going to go on. We'll, we'll touch on that here in a minute. So by the description, Hank thinks for sure the guy he's talking about is an alcoholic. This seemed to me like an opportunity to be helpful. So I spent two hours talking about alcoholism, the malady, and described the symptoms and results as well as I could. His comment was, well, very interesting, but I am sure this man is done drinking. He has just returned from a three-months leave of absence, has taken a cure, looks fine, and to clinch the matter, the board of directors told him this was his last chance. <laughs> that works for us, right? This is your last chance. Oof. The only answer I could make was that if the man followed the usual pattern, in other words, his pattern is the same as my pattern, it's the same as your pattern, the usual pattern, he would go on a bigger bus than ever, as we do. I felt this was inevitable and wondered if the bank was doing the man an injustice. Why not bring him into contact with some of our alcoholic crowd? Hmm, why not? He might have a chance. I pointed out that I had had nothing to drink whatever for three years, and this in the face of difficulties that would have made nine out of ten men drink their heads off. Why not at least afford him an opportunity to hear my story? Oh, no, said the banker friend, said my friend. This chap is either through with liquor or he is minus a job. If he has your willpower and guts, oh, there's that misunderstanding, isn't it? Courage and willpower will do it. He will make the grade. So Hank's frustrated at this point. He says, I wanted to throw up my hands in discouragement, for I saw that I had failed to help my banker friend understand. That's an interesting perspective. If Hank didn't think the banker was some sort of dummy, he thought that he had failed the banker. Hmm. He simply could not believe that his brother executive suffered from a serious illness. There was nothing to do but wait. So that nothing to do but wait, you're going to run into this sponsoring people. You're going to share with them the information that AA has about their condition. You're going to relate with them personally about their experiences. 
They're going to talk to them about your journey, your experience, strength, and hope in AA and how your life got turned around. And their mind is going to say, yeah, you know, really, I'm okay. I think I'm all right. I, I, I think I got this thing now. I've been sober three months, six months, nine months. This was me at nine months. And I'm good. So they're, at that point, you don't have to be mad at them or think, I've done so much for you. All that sentimentality that we sometimes bring to it. It says there's just nothing to do but wait. So here's what happens. The usual pattern. Presently, the man did slip and was fired. That's typical. Following his discharge, we contacted him. Without much ado, he accepted the principles and procedure that had helped us. To me, this incident illustrates lack of understanding as to what really ails means causes the pain for the alcoholic and lack of knowledge as to what part employers might profitably take in salvaging their sick employees. If you desire to help, it might be well to disregard your own drinking or lack of it. Whether you are a hard drinker, a moderate drinker, or a teetotaler, you may have some pretty strong opinions, perhaps prejudices. Those who drink moderately may be more annoyed with an alcoholic than a total abstainer would be. Drinking occasionally and understanding your own reactions, it is possible for you to become quite sure of many things which, so far as the alcoholic is concerned, are not always so. As a moderate drinker, you can take your liquor or leave it alone. Whenever you want to, you control your drinking. And isn't that the difference? We've lost the luxury of choice. Of an evening, you can go on a mild bender, get up in the morning, shake your head, and go to business. To you, liquor is no real problem. You cannot see why it should be to anyone else, save the spineless and the stupid. When dealing with an alcoholic, there may be a natural annoyance that a man could be so weak, stupid, and irresponsible. Even when you understand the malady better, you may feel this feeling rising. A look at the alcoholic in your organization is many times illuminating, meaning supplying you with information. Is he not usually brilliant, fast thinking, imaginative, and likable? And just for a second, let's think about that. Haven't we used these very things, these very traits about ourselves, these beliefs about ourselves to manipulate people into keeping us in jobs and families and relationships of a variety of kinds? Because we are able to do these things. We'll quit for a week or a month or even several months and perform super well and then believe that we somehow deserve the position in spite of the pain that we bring to it. Hmm. So it goes on to talk a little bit about that. When sober, does he not work hard and have a knack of getting things done? If he had these qualities and did not drink, would he be worth retaining? And I think that's true for a lot of us. Should we have the same consideration as other ailing employees? Hmm. Is he worth salvaging? Isn't that a great question? So I think all of us, I think every man or woman that is addicted to alcohol, that is an alcoholic, is worth it. Every one of them, from a sponsor point of view in my life, is worth the effort. Every single one of them will recover if they do the things we ask them to do. I can't make them do it, but I certainly can have influence on them. And that's the goal. So I want an entirely positive influence. And we're going to sort of make a change here. It's going to be hard to see that positive influence, but there was a little foreshadowing just before that when we sat back and waited for that desperation to set in, 
for that last set of consequences, which in Hank's experience has led at least three times to suicide. When we wait for that moment, we may have an opportunity. He may, that prospect may be right for us. Is he worth salvaging? And I hope everybody in AA believes always. Yes. If your decision is yes, whether the reason be humanitarian or business or both, then the following suggestions may be helpful. So here we go. Can you discard the feeling that you are dealing only with habit, with stubbornness, or a weak will? If this presents difficulty, rereading chapters, there is a solution and more about alcoholism, where alcoholic sickness is discussed at length, might be worthwhile. You, as a businessman or sponsor, want to know the necessities before considering the result. If you concede that your employee is ill and can be forgiven for what he has done in the past, can his past absurdities be forgotten? In other words, are you willing to forgive him? So, so your sponsor shows up and you know he, he quit calling you for a while or your employee shows up and he, he missed a day or two at work. He's showing all the irresponsibilities of alcoholism, but suddenly seems to have this renewed spirit to get sober. You know, are you willing to forgive the misgiving and forget about it and go from that moment forward? Hmm. Can his past absurdities be forgotten? Can it be appreciated that he has been a victim of crooked thinking, that he's suffered from an illness? Hmm. directly caused by the action of alcohol on his brain. I well remember the shock I received when a prominent doctor in Chicago told me of cases where pressure of the spinal fluid actually ruptured the brain. No wonder an alcoholic is strangely irrational. Who wouldn't be with such a fevered brain? Normal drinkers are not so affected, nor can they understand the aberrations, which is a thing that is not expected. An aberration is something weird, right? Something weird happens. The weird things. Understand the aberrations of the alcoholic. Your man has probably been trying to conceal a number of scrapes, like his home life and neglect of children, perhaps pretty messy ones. They may be disgusting. You may be at a loss to understand how such a seemingly above-board chap could be so involved. But these scrapes can generally be charged, no matter how bad, to the abnormal action of the alcoholic mind. Keep that in mind. When drinking or getting over about an alcoholic, sometimes the model of honesty when normal will do incredible things. Afterward, his revulsion, that strong feeling of dislike, that strong feeling of regret about ourselves and shame, his revulsion will be terrible. Nearly always, these antics indicate nothing more than temporary conditions. Hmm. This is not to say that all alcoholics are honest and upright when not drinking. Of course that isn't so, and such people may often impose on you. Seeing your attempt to understand and help, some men will try to take advantage of your kindness. They do this all the time, right? Sponsees, employees, they do this kind of thing all the time. Expect it. There's a great thing by Marcus Aurelius, or I'm sorry, Epictetus, the philosopher. He's a Stoic philosopher. And he says this, when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself, people are going to take advantage of you and treat you badly. That way, you're not surprised when it happens. And it's such a simple idea because it's true. And that's true of how we interact with alcoholics that are at that turning point. 
that are facing consequences, that in their minds have the secret, do I kill myself, do I quit drinking, or do I keep on drinking? Do I go to a treatment center? You know, what do I do next? I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Hmm. So they see us working with them and they have an alcoholic mind. So they may do things that are really dishonest. They may lie to us. Imagine that, an alcoholic lying to you. They may do things that you think are contraindicated for the goals that they have. But even so, are you willing to let it happen? So it goes on. If you are sure your man does not want to stop, critical thought. If you are sure your person doesn't want to stop, he may as well be discharged. That's a really important thing for sponsors. If you're sure he doesn't want to quit, move him on. Don't waste your time. The sooner the better, it says. You're not doing him a favor by keeping him on. When you take their sobriety more seriously than they do, when you are more invested in them staying sober than they are, you are not doing him a favor by keeping him on. Firing such an individual may prove a blessing to him. It may be just the jolt he needs. I know, in my own particular case, that nothing my company could have done would have stopped me for. So long as I was able to hold my position, I could not possibly realize how serious my situation was. Had they fired me first, and had they then taken steps to see that I was presented with the solution contained in this book, I might have returned to them six months later a well man. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? We have the book now. When Hank was coming along, remember he wrote this, so there's no AA big book. He thinks that there might have been some information that's in this book that might have turned him another way. I think we have the book now. Let's put it out there to people. Goes on. But there are many men who want to stop, and with them, you can go far. You go to any length necessary. Your understanding treatment of their cases will pay dividends. Hmm. Perhaps you have such a man in mind. He wants to quit drinking and you want to help him, even if it be only a matter of good business. You now know more about alcoholism. You can see that he is mentally and physically sick. You're willing to overlook his past performances. So here are the qualities that we're bringing to it that he just discussed. Suppose an approach is made something like this. So he's going to talk to us a little bit about this. And this approach is, is both open and harsh at the same time. It's a take it or leave it deal. And that's such an important thing for us to bring to it. He just exposed us to the idea that perhaps we're doing harm to the person if we don't bring the take it or leave it attitude. Whether you're employing them, either take the job or leave it based on your actions. Or you're a sponsor, either take this program or leave it based on your actions. It might be just what they need. So it goes on. State that you know about his drinking. Huh. I'm not allowed to say he's an alcoholic, a lot of people say in the rooms, but this is going to say something different. State that you know about his drinking and that it must stop. You might say you appreciate his abilities. You may not, too. That's the other side of that. You might say that and that you would like to keep him, but cannot if he continues to drink. A firm attitude at this point has helped many of us in the therapy world. They may call that assertive communication. Next, he can be assured that you do not intend to lecture, moralize, or condemn. That if this was done formally, uh, and doesn't that sound so familiar about how to deal with people from working with others, right? When this is, was done formally, it was because of misunderstanding. If possible, 
express a lack of hard feeling toward him. At this point, it might be well to explain alcoholism, the illness. Here it is. Say that you believe he is a gravely ill person, with this qualification being, perhaps, fatally ill. Does he want to get well, you ask? There's the magic question. I think you're an alcoholic. Here's the alcoholic illness. Do you want to get well? You ask because many alcoholics, being warped and drugged, the alcoholic mind, do not want to quit. But does he? Will he take every necessary step, go to any lengths, submit to anything to get well, to stop drinking forever? If he says yes, does he really mean it? So we go further. Or down inside, does he think he is fooling you? This is going to be important. He's going to tell us what to do about this. And that after rest and treatment, he will be able to get away with a few drinks now and then. We believe a man should be thoroughly or completely or absolutely thoroughly probed on these points. Be satisfied he is not deceiving himself or you. So not only are we supposed to identify him as an alcoholic, read to him why we think he's gravely ill. There might be some pieces out of more about alcoholism. Could be a little personal relation of your own story if you're an alcoholic. But then we are working towards this art of discernment. We're trying to decide or lay down some sort of factual basis, at least in our opinion, an opinional fact, that they are serious about it, that they're not just trying to fool us. The word that comes to mind is patronize us. They're just saying whatever to get out from under the trouble. They don't intend to do any of it. We want to determine that thoroughly or completely so that we can move forward. It goes on. Whether you mention this book is a matter for your discretion. So you don't need the book. Hmm. If he temporizes, which means he avoids deciding, temporizing, just doing things in the moment. Uh, Patronization is a word like it. But if he temporizes or he avoids deciding to give himself some time and still thinks he can ever drink again, even beer, he might as well be discharged. Wow. Let that sink in for a second. Think about how we go about AA today. We're a little bit less than this in a lot of cases. If the person is not ready to take this thing on completely, if you believe there's any reservation in them whatsoever, the person might as well be discharged. Hmm. After the next bender, which, if an alcoholic, he is almost certain to have. So your sponsee drinks again. You're thinking he's not getting this. He really doesn't want to do it. And bam, there it is, right? He goes back out. Maybe you think about discharging him after that bender. He's almost certain to have that bender, right? He should understand that emphatically. Either you are dealing with a man who can and will get well, or you are not. Black or white. He's either going to get well, or he's not. If not, why waste time with him? So you'll hear that a lot in AA rooms where sponsees hear from their sponsors. He said, don't waste my bleeping time, right? Don't waste my time. And I hope people don't waste sponsors time. And working with others, it says, don't waste your time. Move on to someone you might be able to help. Hmm. There's a ton of sponsors. I'm not the only sponsor in my group. There's a lot of very competent people that have worked the steps in their lives, that practice these principles in their affairs. And they will make fantastic sponsors. But if it's not working with me, if the person's not being honest with me, we just move him on to somebody else. 
It says this may seem severe, but it is usually the best course. After satisfying yourself that your man wants to recover and that he will go to any extreme to do so, you may suggest a definite course of action. This is where your experience, strength, and hope really begins to have an impact. For most alcoholics who are drinking who, or who are just getting over a spree, a certain amount of physical treatment is desirable, even imperative. The matter of physical treatment should, of course, be referred to your own doctor. So treatment centers, we've got a ton of that today. Whatever the method, its object is to thoroughly clear the mind and body of the effects of alcohol. In competent hands, this seldom takes long, nor, does it, nor is it very expensive. Your man will fare better if placed in such physical condition that he can think straight and no longer craves liquor. If you propose such a procedure to him, it may be necessary to advance the cost of the treatment. So this is right at employers, but I know I personally have done it, and I know other people in the program that have covered these costs for people, but we believe it should be made plain that any expense will later be at any expense, not just the treatment expense, any money you loan to them, anything you forward to them, any expense will later be deducted from their pay. They owe it back. There's a reason for that. It is better for him to feel fully responsible. That's the reason. If your man accepts your offer, it should be pointed out that physical treatment is but a small part of the picture. Though you are providing him with the best possible medical attention, he should understand that he must undergo a change of heart. He's got to change the way he thinks and acts. To get over drinking will require a transformation of thought and attitude. We all, we all had to place recovery above everything. For without recovery, we would have lost both home and business. Can you have every confidence in his ability to recover? While on the subject of confidence, can you adopt the attitude, the angle of approach, the methodology that so far as you are concerned, this will be a strictly personal matter, that his alcoholic derelictions, the treatment about to be undertaken, will never be discussed without his consent. So important in our AA groups as sponsors, so important in company organizations as employers. It might be well to have a long chat with him on his return. So we're going to stop right there. That's a bit of a read. I know it is, but there's a lot in there. The idea that we can't tell people they're alcoholics is an absolutely false idea. I know that it occurs over there in working with others. And what we're trying not to do is help them arrive at conclusions that they haven't arrived to on their own. Sufficiently armed with their information and their story and the, well, the typical pattern, right? The usual pattern of events for us. I believe, and it does appear to say here, that we lay it on them, that they're fatally ill. I think it's important to stand on that. We don't have to show them the book. We don't have to do any of that yet. And that we have an obligation to do this. And that gives us great criteria on how to know when we need to separate this relationship. If the person is not sincere about the work, they're unwilling to go to any length to get it. You know, so many times today you see people just working themselves to the bone to try to save lives, right? And we can't do that. It's not a self-help program. It's a God-help program. And if our folks in AA don't get a hold of that spiritual concept of a higher power, there's really nothing you or I can do for them. So it would be great, great to have a discussion around that. 
If you're a sponsor, sponsee meeting today that's going, you're going, getting ready to sit down and talk and you just listen to this. The discussion is this, you as the sponsee, are you ready to do every single thing that is required for recovery? And for the sponsor, are you ready to give up and let go of all misgivings and approach this with a clean new mind to give this person that second, third, fourth, 20th chance, whatever it is? In a group discussion, a, a great discussion might be to talk about the challenges if you're an employer. I know a lot of guys in, in my group employ people that are new to recovery. We like to help them get on their feet. Um, if you're an employer or you know your experience with sponsees, since this parallels that so much, and you'll hear in, in the rooms the very terminology of the employer-employee relationship relative to sponsees. People fire their sponsor or the sponsor fires their sponsee for an example. In any case, we work together to achieve a goal. And if one of us isn't working together, a sponsee and a sponsor is an equally yoked team. If they're not working together, the goal can't be achieved and they got to separate. So. Listen to this chapter closely. And my recommendation, my suggestion is that you dive into this every single time you take a new sponsor on. Every single time you reach out to sponsor somebody, remember, they have an alcoholic mind, perhaps, that they're fatally ill, and it'll be some time until these spiritual principles take hold in their life. Until then, can you put up with the debauchery of early sobriety? Remember, we've all been through it. So I hope you guys have a great discussion and we're going to come back with part two of two employers and that will be equally important to you from the sponsor sponsee relationship. And if you are employing alcoholics and addicts in your business, have a great discussion.